Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. We are We Love Philly. Our mission is to promote volunteerism throughout the streets of Philadelphia and bring back the brotherly love to the city of brotherly love. Each week, we bring an individual or organization that's making Philly a better place. We hope you enjoy and let's dive in. Welcome, everybody, to the We Love Philly podcast. On this episode of the podcast, we have an intimate, unraveling conversation with one of the masterminds of Diva Girl Tribe. Majet Reyes is a pre-licensed professional counselor with a master's of science degree in community and trauma counseling from Jefferson University. She is also owner of the global female entrepreneur brand, Diva Girl Tribe. On this episode of the podcast, we talk about Majet's palm technique, the difference between little traumas and big traumas, and how Majette turned her trauma into her passion. On this episode, we also talk about the 6th Annual Diva Girl Tribe Wellness Conference happening from April 12th to April 17th. Make sure you get tickets at www.divagirltribe.com. Stick around for the entire episode because we really get into our feels. It's a very good release for all of us, so we hope you enjoy this episode with Majette Reyes. Hi, my name is Cherish. I am a We Love Philly board member, and I think that the CEO is going to be teaching me how to be a secretary, which I am very super duper excited about. And another thing I'm excited about is interviewing you today. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask was, if you know what inspired the word tribe, why did you guys incorporate tribe with Diva Girl? Because when you think of a tribe, you understand how things are more family related and there's unity. So do you feel that you have that same family feel of unity with Diva Girl? I love that question. And congratulations on the CEO's plan on making <laughs> making you and training you as a secretary. Is that right? That's Tamara Davis. She's phenomenal. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations. That's exciting. Tribe is it's a word that we've been hearing a lot lately. And as a trauma therapist, I believe that as humans, we want to be surrounded by other humans and connect. And then we connect with the people who we have similarities with. Same values, same goals. Not exactly the same because differences are also awesome. We get to learn from each other. But if you are in the same space of supporting other people, supporting women especially, and there's no judgment or shame or blame, then you can be part of our tribe. So that word tribe, and we associate that with Diva Girl. Actually, before, Diva Girl was just Diva Girl. Diva Girl, Inc. And it started in Canada by a Canadian. And then I brought it to the U.S. And then since the pandemic, the owner from Canada stepped down. And so I'm the owner now. And I have a co-owner, Tiffany. And she's an educator. She was an, an assistant principal. So she and I were talking and we're revamping the company. We're thinking about it. And we're like, what is it that we solve? What do we do? And I said, we bring women together. We bring women who are all about supporting each other, not competing with each other. And we bring women from diverse backgrounds. And that's something that we're so proud of. We're very diverse. We're very inclusive. And then we're like, we got to add tribe to that. Diva Girl community, tribe is a community. We want 
to use that word tribe and it resonates with us. That is beautiful. That is absolutely amazing. That's what resonated with me when I saw the word tribe and I read how you have locations in Montreal, Toronto, Belize, everywhere. And that is truly the definition of a tribe. And that's beautiful. Oh, that was a really good question. <laughs> I'm being challenged today. No one had asked me that question before. Okay, so thank you for asking that question. I love the tribe too. It was one of the first things that jumped out to me. I say it to students all the time that your vibe attracts your tribe. If there's loving, caring people in your life, that's because that's the vibe you're giving off. So that's why you have those people coming into your life. That is so cool. Um, oh, I love this interview already. That is something new for me to hear as well. I love that your vibe attracts your tribe. And I mentioned this earlier in a presentation today, what you put out there is what you're going to get back. I'm really grateful for this this is just the first question. Oh my God, what else do you have? <laughs> what else are we going to talk about today? With everything going on, how do you motivate yourself with your personal life and your business life? Yeah, a lot of things are happening in the world, especially last year. We were just slammed by a lot of adversity, a lot of setbacks, and I call it a global trauma that we went through last year. Not just the pandemic but also political, social, all that stuff that came up last year. And it shook us to our core. And I remind myself and I remind my clients as well that we can't control uncertainties. We can't control a lot of things. We can't control the pandemic. We can't control other people. But what can we control? We can control ourselves. We can control our thoughts. We can control our mindset, what we spend our time on. We can control what we consume. We can control ourselves. And then a lot of us get stuck. And I find myself in this situation too, in things that hasn't happened yet. We worry, we get anxious about things that hasn't happened yet. So it's like thinking about the future and we get stuck there. And we can't do anything about it because it hasn't happened yet. And then we also happen to get stuck in the past. And when we think about the past, we ruminate about the things that happened in the past, the things that we did do and didn't do in the past. And then that makes us sad. And then we get stuck there. So that's when anxiety and depression come about. So anxiety is being stuck in the future and then Depression is being stuck in the past and you can't do anything about these two places. You can't change the past and you can't change the future. So this is something I remind myself too, because I did suffer from anxiety and depression. And where we really need to be is to be in the present moment. And that is what I remind myself. That is what I practice every day. And that is what I ask people to do. Put yourself back in the present, in the here and now, because you know what? That's the only thing that matters. That's the only place where you can do something. Again, and what can you do right now to make the future better? So that's what I practice for myself. And that's also what I share with my clients and, and friends or people who ask for help. I love that you said we control what we consume. And it's something that I try to remind myself, I don't just consume food, but what are my eyes consuming? 
What are my ears consuming? What am I allowing in my general area to influence my thoughts? And I'm curious if you could share with us how we can stay in the present moment. What What are your secrets? And could we practice that? Is that possible? Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. Coping tools for me when I get anxious or when I get worried, I, I bring myself in the present moment with grounding techniques. Are you familiar with grounding techniques, breathing exercises, walking, going outside, walking barefoot? If you're adventurous, go barefoot outside and just feel the ground. That's a grounding exercise. If I need to, moving my body helps put me in the present moment, whether that's dancing, yoga, or tai chi, music gets me grounded. And if music is something that brings you joy, turn on the music and then dance, dance barefoot. That's something that you can help yourself be grounded. Breathing exercises is one of the easiest things. And I say easy because when you practice it and you pay attention to your breathing, you can do it anywhere. It's such an automatic thing for us to breathe. But when we focus on our our breathing... It can be grounding and it can help us. It can bring us in the present moment. So do you want to practice a breathing exercise? Okay, let's do it. We're going to do two things, okay? So the first one we're going to do is palm, P-A-L-M, okay? You just put your palms together. When you start to feel anxious, when you start feeling angry, when you start feeling sad, when you start to feel disgusted, when you start to feel worried, Pause. Remember your palm, P, starts with pausing. And then A stands for acknowledging and accepting. Acknowledge the feeling that you're having and then accept that feeling. Okay, I'm angry right now. There's nothing wrong with our feelings. Okay, I'm angry right now and I accept it. Give it a moment and then learn. L stands for learn. Where is this coming from? What story is this trying to remind me? What am I protecting myself from? What is it in the past that reminds me of this moment that's triggering? Learn. So pause, acknowledge and accept. Learn where this is coming from and why you're being triggered by this. And then M is mindful practice or mindful action. The mindful action is putting your palms together. So easy to remember. So rubbing your palms together. And just breathing while you're rubbing your palms together. Get it all nice and warm. And go ahead and take a deep breath in. Exhale. And then put your palms on top of your eyes and say, may I see positivity. And then put your palms on your ears and say, may I listen more. And then put your palms on the back of your neck. And you can give it a squeeze too. And that feels good when you give yourself a squeeze on the back of your neck. And then take a deep breath in as you squeeze your neck. Exhale. And say, may I be more mindful. And lastly, put your palms on your heart. And take a deep breath in. Exhale. May I be at peace. So 
that's the first grounding technique that you can utilize when you start to feel some emotions. So pause, acknowledge the feeling, accept it, learn where this is coming from, and then a mindful action. Thank you, you know for sharing that? that with us. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. It feels awesome to feel the heat come off your hands and go into your head. It feels yeah. really good. It's energy too, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, it made me feel more relaxed after doing that. Yeah, and that's what it's supposed to make us feel. When we're feeling so heightened or overwhelmed with emotions, and then we do that grounding exercise, rubbing our palms together, touching our eyes, our ears, our neck and hearts, and then breathing too, it just relaxes us. I'm glad that you all like that. Yeah. So I noticed that you mentioned the word setbacks. Mm -hmm. So I understand that Diva Girl Tribe is woman-oriented. This is a safe space for women. As a woman, were there any setbacks that you faced? And if so, how did you overcome them? Yes, there's a lot of setbacks that I've faced. And I'm not alone on that. As a woman of color, I'm Filipino. I grew up in the Philippines, came in the U.S. when I was 16. And as an immigrant, there's a lot of setbacks. And when setbacks come up, I can say I'm grateful for my support system. And the adversities and setbacks that I've experienced at that moment was so big and so traumatic that I had to pause. I can't do anything. It was debilitating. But then when you're surrounded with the right support system, you can get through adversities or setbacks. And coming to the U.S. when I was 16, that was a big challenge to, to migrate from another country as a teenager and coming to a new school. And I went to four different high schools. So I think every time I moved to a different school, it's a setback. So in the Philippines, I went to an all-girls Catholic school. And then um, across from that all-girls school is the all-boys school. And the all-boys school is supposed to be better than the all-girls school. So they decided one year to open it up to some girls this year. And in that whole town and probably in the entire country, they know that this is one of the best schools to go to. And I said, well, I want to try. I want to check it out. Let me see if I can get it. So I went, you know, I took the test, do an interview, and I was one of the first females to get into that school. I, I became the first female student body president. I became the first female ROTC. But there were setbacks. They're like, wait, these are girls. This, are, this is a female leading. When I transferred, I was like 13 or 14 during that time. In my mind, my mom has always told me that you can do anything that you want. And you try and try until you get there. And I think that was so ingrained in me. that, And that kept me pushing forward and pushing the limit on what they put on girls. And then coming to the U.S., I had to change school. My family was in the suburbs. And then we had to move to the city and had to change school again. So every time I moved schools, I feel like it was a setback. So I had to adjust. And then I had to try to meet new friends. And it was hard, um, especially if you're an immigrant from another country and trying to make new friends in the suburbs. I was a minority. And I think there were two other Filipinos in that school. And it's a mostly white uh, populated school. And I remember being alone. The, like what I saw on 
TV and movies in the Philippines alone in a um, the cafeteria eating my bologna sandwich, which I did not understand. Like, what is this sandwich? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and I was brown bagging, and I was alone in that table. And then I started eating my lunch um, in the library. And then I, I remember falling asleep in the library too. That was a setback. But then I keep pushing. I'm like, you know what? This is not forever. I'm going to keep pushing. And then I went to Philadelphia Public School and I actually started finding my friends there. And I started connecting and relating to the other kids. There were a lot more immigrants there. There were, I think, about five Filipinos there in Philly. And then I started growing my group of friends. And then I went to Community College of Philadelphia and I felt like I couldn't get to a better school. So that was a setback. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to be a nurse. I was going to go to nursing school. And my prerequisites were for nursing school. A lot of Filipinos are nurses or in the Navy. So that was what I was told I should do. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's awesome. And then 9-11 happened. And I saw the Twin Towers falling down and these people in uniform going into the building and trying to say the people that they could do. And I thought, gosh, I want to do that. I want to be one of those. I didn't want to be a cop. I knew I didn't want to be a firefighter and go into a burning building. And I was like, who are those other people? And I saw paramedics. Oh, that's cool. And I'm an immigrant. And I felt this need to give back to my adopted country. And I was like, I'm going to be a paramedic. So from CCP, went to paramedic school. And then I thought I was going to retire as a paramedic. But then another setback happens. I was assaulted working as a paramedic. When that happened, I was like, oh my God, my dreams are done. I'm not going to retire as a paramedic anymore. Because I couldn't. It was debilitating at that point. Because it's trauma after trauma after trauma. I don't know if you guys are familiar with trauma. There's the big traumas and the little traumas. Those are the setbacks and adversities on different levels. But those has a big impact on people's lives. So therefore, all those little setbacks that happened to me leading up to this event, and then boom, this big T. Big trauma happened, debilitated. I didn't know what to do. That's when I was diagnosed with anxiety, depression, PTSD. And I was like, what do I do now? And it still took me 10 years and a semester in grad school to process my trauma. And then I became a trauma therapist from that. It became my mission now because there was so much stigma on mental health and asking for help, especially as a first responder. It's like you don't ask for help. You're the helper. You don't talk about feelings. You need to be tough. And now it became a mission for me that I'm going to be working as a trauma therapist for first responders and healthcare professionals. And that became my mission. So this setback, this adversity became my mission. I've been a trauma therapist for five years now. And me evolving, I realized that being around women who are confident and happy because they have their own businesses, so they're making money while doing what they love. It was so attractive to me. I want to feel happy. I also want to do what brings me joy and make money too. So that's why I brought Diva Girl. And it was so totally different from what I was doing as a paramedic to the U.S. And that's how my story happened. So all the setbacks that I've had somehow, some way became part of my mission in life. What is the difference between little traumas and big traumas? And two, being a trauma therapist and just having my own experience with trauma, how often is 
the remedy for getting out of trauma is turning that trauma into your passion and into your purpose. Right? I believe in that. I have seen that. And you, Carlos, you have endured some trauma as well. And look at you now. And I saw your YouTube video um, about We Love Philly. And your passion is helping students, right? helping people in the community, um, especially underserved communities. And that came from something that you had experienced. You know how it felt. So your first question, before I went on a tangent again, the difference between the big trauma and the little trauma is the big traumas is this serious loss, uh, the abuse, the life-threatening events, what soldiers had gone through, a natural disaster, an accident. A death. Those are the big traumas, the big T's. And then we have the little traumas, and the little traumas are just as impactful too in our lives because these are um, the events that didn't seem dramatic, but then it happens repeatedly. And it impacted us by changing the way we view ourselves, the way we see other people, and the world around us, whether that's neglect, emotional abuse, or verbal abuse that you hear that the programming that you have is changing and the way we view ourselves and the people in the world around us doesn't seem safe anymore. With all the setbacks that you've had and overcoming them and seeing where you are right now, how does that make you feel and how does it motivate you more? Um, when we get to a point in our lives when I had processed my traumas before I didn't want to talk about it at all. It's so scary. It's like, holy crap. And then when I started talking about it, I just cried. Oh my God. It's just so horrible. It's just, but I needed to get that out. And then I cried. And every time I go to my therapist, I cry. I go to a support group and I cried. And then it got to a point where I can tell my story and I just get choked up. And then I told my story and I don't have any feelings around it anymore because it doesn't affect me anymore. It, it doesn't define me. It's part of my life and it got me to where I am now. And that is what they call the post-traumatic growth. That is when we you know our traumas or those setbacks that we had and using that to fuel our mission, doing something for others. That's the post-traumatic growth. As someone who's experienced trauma, I am a sexual abuse survivor. And I speak for teenagers and other little girls who didn't understand. And when I finally recognized my trauma and why I was so angry, I was about 13 years old. And it truly changed my life. I used to suffer with post-traumatic stress disorder, just like yourself. And I would go to my therapist and I was often turned away and denied because I wouldn't show any emotion to the trauma that I endured because I had not even understood how to process it. So how could I heal myself if I can't even find the wound? I know that I'm bleeding, but I don't know where I'm bleeding from. And once that happened, for me, I felt so healed and I felt empowered to extend that healing to other people because sometimes other people just need to touch to know that it's okay and you know scab turns to skin over time so i just really appreciate your mission and your journey and everything else that you're doing with diva girl tribe because we don't have enough women like you who aim to empower 
Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, Cherish. You know, there is power in our story. And telling us our story is part of the healing process. And I am very impressed at 13, you you decided that you're going to face this and process this. You need to heal from this. And then sharing that story to other people, empowering other people, it's going to help others who have been through that. And knowing that if someone like her could get through this, they know that they could get there too. From April 12th to April 17th, you're having your um, sixth annual wellness conference. Is this the type of setting that Eva Girl creates? Can you speak a little bit about what goes on there? Yeah. So, um, so every month we have our meetup and our meetup is a support group type of setting. We get to share around a topic and someone who is an expert is leading a topic. And we do have events about women in business, but for our big event, our sick Diva Girl Wellness Conference, we're focusing on spirituality. And we think that after going through, we all have gone through this big event last year and, and we're still going through it. We're, we're still getting over this trauma that we are all experiencing. We've noticed that a lot of women are looking for some type of healing. It may be because we have the to reflect because we're not super busy. And we realize that spirituality, mindfulness, and the, a lot of self-reflection is what we're going to focus on for our wellness conference. So we have fitness classes in the morning at 11 o'clock, and then we have a workshop um, at 3 p.m., and then at 6 o'clock, we have presenters. For six days, we have three presenters at different times, and it's happening online. How were you able to take your brand global? It's one of the first things when Cherish and, and Nellie and I met before, we were like, Diva Girls Worldwide, how did they do that? I didn't do it alone. That's number one. So there is this amazing woman from Canada named Laura Furtado. She's the founder and she was the owner of Diva Girl since 2011. And it was in Toronto, Canada. And she was able to spread it out to Montreal and Vancouver. And when I went to my very first Diva Girl Wellness Conference in Toronto, Canada, I was so inspired that I had to reach out to her and made her my mentor. I'm like, listen, this is so amazing. We need this in the U.S. I, I just said those things, exactly those words. We need this in the U.S. And she said, come on, let's go take it to Philly. So I thought she was going to plan everything and all I'm going to do is just attend the conference. I ended up finding sponsors, finding presenters, and finding attendees and vendors for the very first Philadelphia conference. And I didn't know how to do that. And she guided me and helped me do that. Now, when that was happening in 2015, she decided that let's go volunteer abroad. So this is how it started to spread. So from Toronto, Canada to Philadelphia, then she has this vision that let's go work with women all over the world. I'm game with that. I like traveling. I like volunteering. Let's do that. We started off in Belize. We brought all this North American women, went to Belize, worked with teachers. And then next year it was in Nepal. 
And that was a magical experience. And we worked with female farmers. And then after Nepal, we went to Ghana. And in Ghana, we worked with Ghanaian women entrepreneurs. And that was so fun as well. And then after Ghana, the next year we went to Peru. And we worked with women who are doing crafts, but they're survivals of domestic violence. And they lived in a house. And in that house, they were trained and did arts and crafts that they can sell on the market. So we worked with them. We sang. And every place that we went to, we sang, we ate with them, we danced with them, and we stayed with locals. We didn't separate ourselves. That's how we were able to spread out with the mission and vision of working with women from different countries. If you could go back in time and tell the teenage version of yourself three things, what would you tell yourself and why? It's a really good question. What would I tell my teenage self? Oh, geez, I'll tell her that, whew, despite all the setbacks, and you will experience them, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. That will be the first one. You're going to be okay. I don't know why this is giving me some feels. <laughs> Cherish, I don't know why this is giving me some feels. I can't. Go ahead. Yeah. So, oh, why, thank you. <laughs> no, Javier is like taking care of me right now. I'll tell myself, I tell my teenage self, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'll tell her that. The world is full of good people. The world is full of good people. And then lastly, I'll tell her, never lose hope. Beautiful. I want to take a moment to uh, send some love your way. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and being that beacon of light that I know you are. Even though we're virtual right now, I can feel your energy. I appreciate your vulnerability and I'm super grateful to have met you. And thank you so much for your time and your energy and for coming here and blessing us with your presence. Thank you for having me. Thank you for you know allowing me to be part of your group. Thank you for being part of my life now. Cherish and Nelly and Carlos, you're, you're part of my history now. You're part of my life story now. This is the best podcast I've ever been on. This is the only podcast that got me all teary-eyed. So thank you for allowing me to to be part of what you do. You folks do such amazing work and you're making a difference in other youth's lives and other people's lives. And we're very excited and, and proud to be a part of your project for May 8th. So thank you for letting us be a part of that as well. Um, I also want to say thank you for being here and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and honest with us. It was a pleasure to have this conversation with you. You have such a radiating aura that it's tantalizing. It's inducing. It's absolutely wonderful. It's comforting. It's nurturing. And I enjoy speaking with you. And I hope that we have many more conversations in the future. I hope so, too. All of you said such kind words. And thank you so much. And yes, I hope that this is not the last time we're all gathering together. How can people find Diva Girl Tribe? You have the website, social media. How can they get tickets to the event? Yes. So you can join the event for free 
All you have to do is go to our website, go to events, and then go under Diva Girl Conference, sign up, and you can be part of the one-week wellness conference. Diva Girl's website is www.divagirltribe.com. Follow us on social media at Diva Girl Tribe. The final question I want to ask you is what is your definition of love? My definition of love, love is a verb. It involves work and it starts with ourselves. We need to love ourselves first. When we love ourselves, then we can show others how to love us. That for me is the definition of love. Thank you for your time. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate y'all.